Hey everybody, welcome to episode 243 of the Running Rogue podcast and happy Olympics week to you all. I know I for one have been getting less sleep recently as I've been up early, sometimes staying up late to watch all of the action and it's been fun so far. Plus, I'll, I'll talk just in just a second about the fact that track is kicking off on this coming Friday. First, quickly, wanted to tee up my topic for today. In the last episode, we talked about the aerobic strength phase of training, and I had a bunch of questions about that, as well as about the phase to follow that, which is the race-specific phase, because we aren't too far away for that from that for some of our early fall racers. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about the race-specific phase today and really drill in to the goals, the guiding principles, the types of workouts that you might see in that phase of work as we drill down on what it looks like to go through a properly periodized training program. So I'll get to that in just a second. First of all, a couple of things before I jump into my main topic quickly. One is that just wanted to remind you and tee up the fact that track is starting on Friday in Japan. So technically, you, you would be able to watch some of the prelim races starting on late Thursday night because they are happening Friday morning in Japan. And at least for me, Central Time, we are 14 hours behind or 13 hours if you're in the Eastern Time Zone. And so you'll be able to stream some of the early action on the track starting Thursday night here in the States, which is Friday morning in Japan including the 3,000-meter men's steeplechase, which will be happening basically Thursday night here, Friday morning there. And then the first distance final is happening on Friday night in Japan, which will be 6.30 a.m. Central Time or 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time this Friday morning, which you'll also be able to watch on replay on Friday night during prime time, from what I understand. So track kicks off Friday officially with our first distance final, the men's 10,000 meters, and then it runs for 10 days all the way through the end of the Olympics. And we have the men's and women's marathons on the final two days of action and the Olympics. So that's exciting. Tune in. I won't be previewing all of the events this time around, but I will be giving, giving some highlights in my next couple of podcasts. So definitely tune in and watch, and I'll be giving some recaps as we go through the next couple of episodes. So that's that. And then let's quickly just thank our sponsor for this episode. Again, today's partner, just like last week, is my new partner, Manscaped, which makes male grooming products and I'll be talking a little bit more about that mid-episode with an offer code for you. So thanks again for to Manscaped for helping me support this episode. Okay, let's jump in. Let's talk about the race-specific phase. Again, last week, last episode, we talked about the strength phase of training where the focus is building aerobic strength, which is another word for endurance or another pair of words for endurance or your ability to sustain comfortably hard paces for longer and longer periods of time. That, of course, is important when it comes to distance events. 
after the strength phase, after we establish that aerobic strength, that endurance foundation, we then step things up into the race-specific phase. This is a phase of work that is typically anywhere from seven to nine weeks. It starts anywhere from seven to nine weeks out from your target race and will typically last five to six weeks or so where, and we'll talk about it in a second, we're really dialing into the race-specific pacing in particular. There are other goals in this session, in this phase of work as well that we'll talk about, but we're dialing into race paces in this final section of training before the taper or the peaking period, those final two to three weeks where you're cutting down the volume and intensity so that you can get really fresh and ready for race day. So this is prime time, so to speak, as it relates to your goal race training. This is where everything is coming together from all of the volume you built and the priming you did in the base phase of work or the priming phase of work to the aerobic strength that you're able to bring to bear, that ability to sustain pace finally culminates in this five to six week block where you're really dialing into being able to take all of that fitness and apply it in your target race at your target pace. So let's talk about this and go through all the different pieces. We'll, we'll structure it similar to my episode last week. So we'll talk about the goals of this phase. We'll talk about guiding principles. And then we'll talk about the types of workouts that you typically will want to execute in this phase of work. As we talk about this today, I'm going to emphasize the race-specific phase related to a half marathon or marathon. And so this is more focused on the longer distance events but you could take these concepts and also apply it to shorter distance events as well. Okay, so goals. Goals. What are our goals during the race-specific phase? And I'm going to give you four. Four of those. First goal is learn to dial into race pace. Dial into race pace. This is your time and opportunity to really get specific about being able to easily switch into race pace. So finding race pace is important. And then also being able to sustain race pace in a smooth and comfortable and relaxed way. That is a primary goal for this block of training. And we'll do, especially for those marathoners, you're going to do most of your marathon pace work in this specific phase of training. Marathon pace is actually outside of the sweet spots around aerobic development that we typically like to work. And so we really save that marathon pace work to this final phase of training so that you can really learn to find race pace and in this case, or in that case, we're talking about marathon pace, but also then be able to sustain and hold that pace smoothly, consistently, and in a relaxed way. So that is your primary goal for this race-specific phase is all about race pace, whether that be marathon pace or half marathon pace. The second goal is to sharpen your speed 
so that it makes race pace feel even easier. So sharpen your speed so that race pace feels even easier. We'll talk about this later, but this is a time and place when we come back to VO2 max type workouts in half marathon and marathon training so that you can sharpen again the high end of the range. As I said, we've, we sprinkle a little bit of that into the aerobic strength phase, but it's a tertiary priority versus in this race specific phase, it becomes more of a secondary priority where after race pace itself, the next pace or range of efforts that we're working is VO2 max. 5K to 10K paces to sharpen your speed so that race pace then feels even easier. So we get a healthy dose healthy dose of pure speed workouts in this phase. And again, we'll give examples of that. Then that second goal, third goal is to ride the edge of your fitness so that you stay healthy. Ride the edge of your fitness so that you stay healthy. This is a time in training where you are intentionally seeking the edge. And sometimes you're riding, you're, you're pushing yourself right up to that edge and hoping not to fall over it because this is a five or six week period of time where that can be a tenuous balance where you're pushing the fitness elements while also not trying to overdo it. And it's hard to get right and sometimes you might do too much, but this is where you need to be very, very keen on recovery. In the aerobic strength phase of work, we're still building volume and we're trying to be conservative so we're staying away explicitly from the edge. And in this phase of training, the race-specific phase, I don't want you to build volume any longer. And in fact, in some cases I recommend decreasing volume because intensity tends to pick up during this phase of work so that you can stay away the, from the edge. And you have to, as an athlete, become experienced with finding that edge. But all of that means that a third goal of this phase is to prioritize recovery so that you don't push yourself over the edge. Which also means that you need to crowd out some of those other distractions and really focus. Your extra time should be spent in this phase of work on recovery elements, not on other things. And so this is when you really need to become laser focused on staying healthy during these five or six weeks. So goal number five is to find the edge but not go over it by by prioritizing recovery. And then the fourth goal is more of a mental goal and that's to start to get the mental elements of your target race in place. To me, this is when I begin to think about race planning. This is, we, this is when I begin to visualize race day by actually during my easy runs, taking small chunks of the race and literally daydreaming about it in my mind's eye about how that's going to go and how I'm going to begin to execute each part of the race. Also during this phase, you start to think about and potentially utilize in your training runs the mantras that you might use on race day. 
And so your mental preparation becomes important. A part of that could potentially be doing a prep race, which helps you learn and practice execution, not only physically, but also mentally. So beginning to prepare the mind for race day is another goal of this race specific phase. And you'll have opportunities to do that because you're going to be working at race pace. And that is a chance and opportunity to pair that physical work at race pace with the mental work that is going to be needed to sustain race pace. Again, putting that visualization, putting those mantras to work. So those are your four goals for this race specific training block. It's again, one dialing into race pace, two sharpening your speed so that race pace feels even easier. Three carefully riding that edge by appropriately balancing with recovery, recovery with that harder work. And then four preparing your mind for race day itself. Those are your four goals during this race-specific phase of work, all important in their own ways. And, you know, one of the things I think that it's important to, to think about is, you know, I believe that you can really only truly peak two or three times a year. And while you might be training year-round, with the exception of some short breaks after race day, you should really only be in this hyper, these hyper-focused blocks of training, these five or six weeks in advance of race day, between 10 and 15 weeks a year. So not even a third of the year should be occupied by this phase of work. Because physically that's impossible to sustain, and mentally that's impossible to sustain to be able to crowd out the rest of the world and and really focus in this f- period of time this specific phase of work is is difficult it's hard on you and you can't stay here very long and you certainly can't stay here big chunks of the year so we're giving you 5 to 6 weeks 2 to 3 times a year where you're really dialed in and laser focused and other parts of the year Sure, you might still be training and you still might be working hard, but it's not with the same edge that you operate in this race-specific training block because that is just not sustainable. So I want to put that in context. This is the time to dial in. This is the time to find the edge. This is the time to press a little bit, which we'll talk about when I get to my guiding principles. But that should be reserved for this type of training, this block of training only a handful of times a year because you simply can't sustain it more than that. So those are our goals. Let's talk about guiding principles. And this is where we can contrast with some of the guiding principles that we talked about for the aerobic strength phase. And I teed some of these up a little bit last time. In the aerobic strength phase, as I mentioned, effort was more important than pace. Well, in this race-specific phase, that equation gets flipped. Pace becomes more important than effort. And I'll put a little asterisk slash caveat here in that if it's hot like it is now, sometimes you have to make some heat adjustments to paces in order to appropriately balance the 
overall work. But either way, heat adjustments accounted for. This is still a time when your workouts are going to get really specific around pace and when you're going to want to dial into that as specifically as you can. Doesn't mean it has to be perfect. It doesn't mean you have to operate down to the second, but you should find that you're able to operate in a much more narrow range of work and you should operate in a much more narrow range of work because that's the point. Again, we're trying to dial into the race specific paces and we're also trying to really sharpen our speed. And in order to do that, we have to operate with more specificity, with a sharper edge so that your body recognizes its time. Again, this is part of your body recognizing its time to get into that peaking mode. And so pace is more important than effort in this race-specific phase of training where you're going to want to get more specific, you're going to want to dial in, and you're going to want to operate within a more narrow range so that you can begin to really dial into that race pace or really sharpen the edge of the speed. So pace trumps effort in this phase of work. That's number one guiding principle. Number two guiding principle is, as I mentioned in the last phase, it was when in doubt, be conservative in the aerobic strength phase. Well, in this phase of work, in the race-specific phase, it's actually when in doubt, press. Now, of course, you have to do that very, very carefully. Very, very carefully because you're riding an edge and you don't want to push yourself over the edge. But in general, in this phase of work, you want to press the edge. That means doing the full reps. That means being specific and targeted with the paces and aggressive, perhaps, with the paces. That means making sure that all the miles are there, even though you're going to be tired. Now, Okay, of course, you have to balance it. You have to make sure you don't push yourself over the edge. But this is a time in training where your legs should be steeled to the work. Your mind should be steeled to the work. Your fitness should be there to allow yourself to take steps toward the edge, which means pressing a little bit on pace, pressing a little bit on reps, pressing a little bit on distance. Of course, if you have a coach always, always, always check in with them when you're not sure. And in general, you should always still finish these workouts feeling like you could do one more, you could do more. But there may be some where you feel like you emptied the tank and that's okay. If you're going to do that, this is the phase of work to do it. Not sooner, but right now. So that's number two guiding principle. When in doubt, press. Number three, and this relates to one of the goals that I was mentioning about riding that edge and focusing on recovery. But number three, you want to minimize the noise and distractions during this phase of work. And I mean that in the broadest sense of the words. Of course, everybody's different. We all have different things we're trying to balance. And you have to interpret this 
and apply it to your life in a way that's sustainable. I totally get that. But if you were going to say no to things, if you were going to get more sleep, if you're going to focus in whatever ways that may be for you by eliminating distractions, putting things, taking things off your plate that could take away from the work, this is the time to do it. That might mean skipping some of those get-togethers with friends where you might drink too much and sleep not enough. This might mean not doing those extra projects around the house that require a bunch of energy and work. This might mean talking to your family, your partner, your spouse about ways they can support you during this time and perhaps offload some of your normal duties, responsibilities so that you can focus on your training. I totally understand that this is tough and I totally understand that there's there's life happening and you're not going to necessarily be able to get the, sl- the clean slate that a pro athlete might have. That's okay. I'm just saying around the edges, around the margin, based on the things that you can control and that your, your support system is willing to help you with, try to offload distractions, extra work, new projects as much as you can so that you can invest your energy into the race-specific work. Again, it's not going to be perfect. We all have lives. We all have things that we have to balance. But just think about it. Think about it a little bit. What are the two or three things you could potentially take off your plate? Or maybe two or three things you could step up and, and reinvest or allocate time into, such as sleep, so that you can make sure you're putting your best foot forward during this phase of work. So that's the third guiding principle. Minimize noise, minimize the distractions, offload the things that you can so that you can reinvest your energy into this work, the intense work. So again, those are our guiding principles. Pace trumps effort. When in doubt, press three, minimize the noise and distractions to take pressure away from your training so that you can invest in finding that edge. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about my partnership with Manscaped before we finish the episode where we'll be talking about workouts as we wrap things up. So again, I introduced this new partner, Manscaped, last episode, and I wanted to talk to you about it again. Manscaped is a male grooming product company. They help men trim their body hair, essentially, in whatever form makes them comfortable. I can tell you that... I've struggled with this area for a long time, mainly because I couldn't find the right tools. You, you have things out there that are great for your head, for your face, but that aren't necessarily built and constructed to groom your body hair. And so it becomes awkward and uncomfortable and maybe just not easy or convenient. And so sometimes we just don't do it. But hey, guys, it's 2021. It's time to keep things clean. And so I wanted to introduce you to Manscaped. I've been trying their new product the lawnmower 4.0, which has been honestly, surprisingly amazing. And I love four things about it. One, they have a ceramic blade that's sharp and easy to use and also can be replaced in about six months time if you're using 
the product frequently so it easily pops on and pops off for replacement. There's an LED light, which again is surprisingly helpful to help you see what you're doing when you might be grooming in the shower or wherever it may be. It's wireless, so you charge it on the base and then can take it anywhere. And then of course it's waterproof as well, so you can take it in the shower, easily use it there without it breaking. And I'm telling you guys, this product and company has surprised me and I'm loving it. So you can use my offer code 20 rogue, that's 20 R O G U E, all caps, to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Again, that's the code 20 rogue 20 R O G U E, all caps, for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Go check it out. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. They have some cool products. Okay. Let's switch back to my conversation about the race-specific phase. Now I want to talk to you about the workouts that you do in this phase. And then we'll also talk a little bit about race planning in terms of how you might put together some prep races to get ready for that target race, which is something you might also do during this phase. So let's talk about workouts. There's three types of workouts generally that we will do in this phase of work. And then there's also, of course, long run workouts that fit into this phase of work. So we'll talk about all of those elements. First, in terms of the core weekday workouts, there's really three types. One is a just simple race, race pace workout where you might be doing longer intervals or continuous running simply at race pace. Now, one thing that I think is important to mention here is that when we're doing aerobic strength work, again, it's all about effort. And so you may say, hey, go do tempo intervals or a tempo run. And you might be operating and working under training paces that help you approximate that tempo effort. This is the time to do a little bit of a gut check and ask yourself, okay, how does my work that I've done and my history tell me to refine that information about race pace? So this is the time to take whatever training paces you might have been using to approximate the efforts that we wanted to achieve in the aerobic strength workout and refine them, fine tune them so that you can translate that into what race pace you may want to try and attempt in some of these workouts. Because you, what you may find is that when you go through these race-based workouts, you're going to learn some things and it might cause you to change your strategy about what you might do on race day itself because we're starting to now collect more information and dial into what your target pace should be when it counts and when it matters. And you may have a goal that you've already been thinking about and you may have been training towards that goal. But that doesn't change the fact that you still want to check in on that, reflect on how your training has gone, reflect on the ease at which you've been able to run certain paces, and then just make sure you're dialing into and refining those numbers when you're running these race-specific workouts. Usually, there's not going to be dramatic shifts, but you may say, hey, I'm going to shift things five or 10 seconds here or there in order to really dial into what you think you might do on race day itself. And sometimes those subtle changes can make a big difference in effort depending on 
how things are going. So this is the time to not just blindly follow your training paces, but also, of course, to start to tweak and dial into those as you do these long race pace intervals or these long continuous runs at race pace. You know, we like to do for marathoners two and three mile intervals in quality workouts leading up to race pace at marathon pace or potentially at half marathon pace. And so these are, again, longer intervals at race pace simply to dial into it. You know, you're not going to necessarily generate the fatigue that you would generate over running that pace for 26 miles, but it does help you practice getting into that pace, finding it, and then holding it as comfortably as you can. So that's one type of workout. Second type of workout in this phase of work is going to be VO2 max workouts. These are pure speed-oriented workouts that are, that where you're working on your maximum oxygen uptake. And typically, that's where you're working 5K to 10K paces and usually pretty straightforward intervals in this phase of work. So this is where you might do 400 intervals, 800 meter intervals at these paces, or potentially starting at a little faster pace, or sorry, a little slower pace, and then cutting down to a little faster pace, oftentimes with relatively short rest. We also do a 10K ladder workout, where you actually do 400s, 800s, and a mile, all at 10K pace, up the ladder, and then you cut back down the ladder with a focus, again, on sharpening your speed so that when you go back to race pace, it feels even easier. Now, the one caveat or nuance to VO2 max work in this phase of training is that oftentimes we're pretty fit, pretty sharp, and so sometimes there's a temptation to overdo it on these workouts and push beyond perhaps the target paces, and that's really not what you want to do either. You should be working hard, you should be going fast, but you should be running the prescribed paces so that you don't overdo it and put your neuromuscular system at risk. So that's the second type of weekday workout is a pure VO2 max workout. The third type, again, these are in general broad terms, is what we call an in and out workout where you're working two different paces in a specific workout oftentimes interchanging race pace with something faster. And this is the goal of sort of putting both of these workouts together, the race pace workouts, the VO2 max workouts together in an in and out workout that helps you recover, learn to recover at race pace. And so you might do this on the track where, for example, you would do intervals alternating between 600 meters at 5K pace and 1,000 meters at half marathon pace. Maybe for a two-mile continuous rep, take some rest and repeat. Or another workout I will do is alternating 400 at 5K pace with maybe a mile on a road loop at marathon pace. But it's continuous work where you're going into a faster pace and then out to race pace so that you have to interchange the two, helps build up fatigue in the legs, but also 
teaches you to recover at race pace in contrasting it with that faster pace. It also teach you, teaches you to find your pace. So once you hit that faster interval, then you have to go back to dialing into race pace. Then that's an opportunity to learn to how, you know, how to hit that pace again easily. So that's another workout, bread and butter type of workout in this phase of work is just an in and out workout, hard, continuous workouts. We do another one called the Canova K's, which typically is interchanging 10K pace and half marathon pace over 1000 meter intervals. And so it's, these are tough workouts, but they really help you learn to recover at race pace and also learn to dial into race pace when you're in that sharp place. So those are weekday workouts, race pace specific, VO2 max, and then in and out workouts. There are other workouts that we do in that phase of work, but those are pretty good. That's a pretty good summary. It was pretty good categorization of that work. The other thing we really like to do in the race specific phase is big long run workouts. We, we also call them race simulators where in one form or another, you're trying to simulate race conditions. We often do it by trying to mimic the course when we're doing some of these workouts via a long run course that has a similar profile to the course you might be racing on race day. But then we're also simulating the work, not necessarily by running big long chunks of time at race pace, but by doing some in and out work to generate fatigue that makes you then have to run race pace on tired legs late in a long run. So these are race simulators that are also an opportunity for you to practice the gear and practice the nutrition and hydration tools that you're going to use on race day so that you can make sure you have all of those pieces dialed in. So these race simulators and typically we'll do at least three big ones for our marathoners, the last one will come three to four weeks out from the target race. For our half marathoners, typically two to three weeks out from the target race. And they happen every three weeks or so in this specific phase of training, or typically you'll have at least three big ones of these, sometimes two, depending on how the cycle plays out. But these are big opportunities to simulate race day and to work race pace within a long run that is designed to specifically generate fatigue for your legs like you will feel at the end of a race whether that be a half or a marathon and so we have a workout I've talked about this one on the podcast before we happen to call it the McClung special I've got a half marathon and a marathon version of this but essentially with this we have runners do a warm-up for the marathon, it's five mile warm up, easy jogging, and then five mile start simulation where you start 30 to 40 seconds slower than marathon pace and work down to marathon pace over those five miles. Take a mile off, then typically do three miles of one, one fartlek alternating between one minute hard, one minute easy to help generate some fatigue in the legs have another mile easy and then finish with a five mile finish simulation 
starting a marathon pace and then working to faster than marathon pace if possible at the end. That's a 20 mile workout total with the goal of getting you to those last five miles feeling like miles 21 through 26 of the marathon without having to run 26 miles. And we do varying combinations of these long run workouts. Some of them are really simple where and typically these happen earlier in the race specific phase where you're just maybe running intervals at marathon pace, perhaps three mile intervals at marathon pace in the middle of the long run to start to learn how to deal with marathon pace when you have some fatigue in the legs, prepping you for some of those later race simulators. So that's another big component of this phase of work is making sure that those long runs are dialed in and not all of them, but some of them allow you to simulate race day as closely as possible, not just physically, but also all the other pieces, mental, gear, nutrition, hydration, so that you have those elements dialed in. Pre-race meals, pre-race breakfast, so that you can practice those things before you get to race day and try to eliminate as much uncertainty as possible so that you can control all of the elements going into the race as much as you can. So that's the fourth type of workout that is really built into long runs during this phase of work. The last thing I'll talk about before we wrap is prep races. Prep races. Typically, we like to, if you think you need it, and if there's an opportunity, we like you to do a prep race for a marathon anywhere from four to eight weeks out from the marathon, typically. I used to say four to six. Now I say four to eight, just to give a little bit more flexibility there. And for a half, anywhere from three to six weeks out, typically, where you do a half marathon in the case of marathoners, and you might do a 10K in the case of half marathoners. It's a little bit tricky because sometimes you have to see how this fits with some of your long runs, especially for the marathon. But this is an opportunity to practice racing in race-like conditions before you actually show up for your A race. These can be treated in varying ways. You can treat them like training races, which is often how we use them, where instead of racing all out, you're actually trying to execute perhaps marathon pace inside a half marathon. Maybe you're running a a big, long progression run inside your half to prep for your marathon. Or you could be doing the same thing inside a 10K to prep for a half. So we, we might use them as prep races, or you could race them all out as an opportunity to check your fitness and also give yourself a mental test before you line up on the day that matters so that you can get some of those nerves out, put to work some of the mental tactics that you might use on race day, practice them, refine them, figure out what works so that when you go and face those demons and face the pain that will come on race day, you've had some experience doing it. This isn't necessarily required. But I think in the case of runners that might struggle on race day mentally or maybe haven't raced in a long time, like many of us prepping for these races in the pandemic, 
this is something to consider, but I would say only if it fits, only if it fits, only if you can make it work inside your training and only if there's a race that makes sense. Because the last thing I want you to do is bend over backwards to go find a race that doesn't quite fit or maybe do a bunch of crazy travel in a way that could distract you from your main goal. So it needs to fit in the windows I'm talking about. It needs to be something that fits into your plans and travel from a training perspective and also be a race that is easily accessible for you. Otherwise, I'm not sure that it's worth it. So, but those caveats aside, considering a prep race in this window, whether that be a 10K for a half or a half marathon for a marathon is something to think about, at least in terms of how does it fit with your training and how does it fit with your goals for the race day itself. This is a time to include it, but only if it makes sense. Okay, now the last specific note I have for you on this race-specific training block is the mental side of things. I teed it up in the goals. I want to mention it now and just talk about a few things for you to consider in this phase. One is visualization. might sound cheesy to you, but there's actually science that supports the use of visualization as a tool Basically, you want to run the race in your mind's eye before you get to race day, which simply means daydreaming about all the elements of race day and how you're going to feel them and sense them with all of your senses. This is a chance to visualize the start line experience and the energy and, and chaos of that and the adrenaline of that and Try to work through in your mind's eye dealing with all of that buzz. And then, of course, it's an opportunity to think about all the sections of the race and how you might handle them and potentially visualize the course and the train and the challenges that you might face. But you want to run, run the race in your mind's eye. It doesn't have to be all at once. I like to chunk it up in sort of smaller bits as I might go through my training easy training runs, but you want to take that opportunity to run the race in your head before you get to race day. And this is a time to start doing that. It works. Even if you think it's cheesy, it's something I've been doing for a very, very long time. You also want to start as a part of that dialing into your race plan. Doesn't mean you have to lock it down and set it in stone, but you want to start thinking about, okay, how am I going to approach this course? How am I going to segment it in a way that I can execute towards my goal? This is a time to then match that with your training results to really refine your race-specific time and pace goals. This is a time to think about your mantras. I like to develop two categories of them, rhythm mantras and fight mantras. Rhythm mantras are for the early parts of the race when it's all about finding your rhythm. Fight mantras are all about finding that edge and pushing back the pain when it comes late in the race. But you can start thinking about those, developing some ideas in your head, and then practice using some of those during your race simulators or doing some of your workouts during this phase to just try it on, see how it works, see how it resonates with you. These are things that you want to start getting prepared mentally to get you ready for race day, all happening in this phase of work. So don't neglect it. I know it's not physical and oftentimes we're very focused on the physical, 
But I promise you, if you invest a little bit in these mental elements as well, then that will allow you to combine the mind and body in a way that is only going to give you a better chance for success when it counts. So there you go. Don't neglect the mental prep either during this phase. That's it. We'll wrap it here. As I mentioned, this phase of work is all about dialing in, dialing into race pace, sharpening speed so that you can feel better at race pace, and then, of course, dialing in mentally so that you're ready to go when it counts. And we will be in this phase soon for those racing in the early fall, and so I'm excited about that. Hope you're excited about that and that you're getting ready. If you have questions, you can always fire them over to me, chris at roguerunning.com, and I will potentially answer those on air. All right, again, wrapping this episode, wanted to thank my partner, Manscaped. If you'd like to use my offer code there, the code is 20ROGUE, 20ROGUE, all caps, for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. You can also check us out at roguerunning.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Rogue Running. Until next time, we'll talk to you then.